0: Welcome to College Hockey Southwest Weekly, brought to you by Sprint, the best phones on the best network, a brighter future for all. College Bar & Grill, check out our new location, 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning tequila since 2011. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, voted Best of Las Vegas two years in a row. Behind the Mask serving the Valley hockey community since 1994. OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products gets the funk out of your equipment or office. M-Drive, for energy, stamina, recovery. Ice Den Scottsdale, practice home of the Arizona Coyotes, also in Chandler. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein.
1: Welcome into College Hockey Southwest Weekly, folks, with uh, another edition, a big edition, because we're wrapping up this uh, end of this year, and uh, we're getting ready to roll the end of the regular, home regular season, getting ready to roll on, and we will just move forward with that and go on to Wisconsin. What do you think, Paul?
2: Well, uh, I think we have a lot to talk about uh, between last week and... uh, you know, not too much has gone on in the last few days in college hockey, so there's not really a whole lot to talk about. Um, you know, maybe we'll, uh, when Greg comes in, if he decides he has nothing else to do, uh, uh, and he decides to call in, we'll talk about the weather, maybe we'll talk about how his day went. You know, there's not there wasn't too much going on today, so you know it's not like we have anything to really talk about, so.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Well, one thing we do have to talk about, though, we can say that the uh, Arizona State Sun Devils took care of business again one more weekend. Paul, when you look back and you and I were talking about this uh, several times as we spoke about the, uh, the 13 weeks in a row, which they are now down to their final week of that, we, uh, we see that the Sun Devils have gone 12-2 and 2 in their last 14 games. Not too shabby. Um,
2: I think if you'd have told Greg Powers before the season started uh, that uh, he'd have a twelve and two stretch going into Wisconsin, I think he would have taken that.
1: Yeah, I think one hundred percent correct.
2: <laughs> um, so, um, and they did it in different ways uh, this weekend as well. Uh, it was nice on Friday to finally have uh, what we've, well, I didn't make up the term, but you know, it's called the <laughs> rocking chair game where you, know, you basically sat there and watched the game and uh, you didn't worry about too much about how the game was going to end because, honestly, um, Friday night's game, ASU was on top of Anchorage from the very beginning, and you never, ever got a feeling that they were going to get back in the game. Uh, we've seen games where ASU has had leads and, the other team has slowly crept in. But that didn't happen on Friday night. Uh, a complete 60-minute game against a team that uh, they should have dominated and did on Friday in that 5 nothing win. And, uh, you know, some more balanced scoring uh, from from the Gruber, Neerham and Bush line. Uh, goals from some defensemen. Jack Judson had a big night. Uh, Johnny Walker got on the scoreboard. Uh, so it was really a balanced night. Um, I hate to use the, the phrase uh, first line, second line, third line uh, uh, with, with a roster because uh, even though it's listed third, the Gruber-Bush-Nerum line has been as good as the Walker-Sanchez-Sandu and Sandu line uh, for most of the second half of this season. So I hate to call it the third line. Uh, I would prefer to call it the other scoring line. Because that's uh, that's that's what it is.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Uh, you can go down the whole roster, and I had a chance to visit today with uh, Jordan Sandu. As I joked about two months ago, we uh, we did an interview, and <laughs> we did the best silent film in college hockey because we our mouths were moving, but there was absolutely uh, no sound coming out. So really nice to catch up with Jordan today and actually get some sound quality on it. But yeah, he talked about the same thing. Of course, he wanted to fluck everything to somebody else. He didn't want to uh, take much of the credit himself. But I did get him to talk a little bit about speed and the fact that he and uh, PJ Morocco are really starting to develop that speed. That's, uh, you know, what you need in the game of hockey, but certainly at the college level. And it's starting to show like a sore thumb out there, Paul. Uh,
2: there is no question about that. Uh, honestly, I- Coaches have a tendency to defer to seniority, and I'm not going to question him putting uh, – the coach putting James Sanchez and Johnny Walker on the ice in a four-on-four situation. Uh, but uh, j- uh, just once I want to see uh, those <laughs> two guys play in a four-on-four situation because those are going to – first of all, those two guys are going to be your uh, top penalty killer forwards next year. Uh, yes. I'd be shocked if they weren't. Um, And I would just like to see them in a four-on-four situation just once just to see how they react and just to see how the other team would react to that kind of speed up front. Um, You add in the skating ability of any of ASU's uh, better four defensemen, and I'm not trying to knock Jacob Wilson and Jared Gourley. They're just not the skaters that the other four are, at least uh, for this untrained eye. Uh, that I have uh, to me, uh, obviously Brinson Pashnuk, and Josh Maniscalco uh, skate really well. And that would be an awesome foursome to see in a four on four. Even if you put Jacob Semek and Jack Judson back there on a four on four, which you're going to see next year. Anyway, uh, yeah. i just would love to see that once or twice uh, just to see what it would look like. Uh, you know, I can't argue with the success of, 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 of 22 wins and uh, in in a season and basically winning two out of every three games. So, you know, I can't say that I'm right and somebody else is wrong. That doesn't mean I
1: don't want to say it. (laughs) Well, uh, we got a great guest coming on today. We got uh, College Hockey News' beat reporter, I call him, but he basically covers college hockey in the West, Um, Greg Cameron. Uh, for College Hockey News, Greg was at the uh, Outdoor Game, which was played yesterday in Colorado Springs, so we will get a lot of feedback on that. Greg is also uh, very close to the uh, ASU program, so we get some insight on that. And we'll talk, uh, you know, maybe a little tournament preview with him and see what, what he thinks the, uh, the tournament's going to shake out at. Before we get to that, Paul, we got about six minutes or so before we join uh, up with Greg, but... Uh, two things that stood out to me. Another outstanding performance by Evan. The wall, the brow, the brow. Stop! Stop! Stop!
2: Stop! Stop! <laughs> stop! Right now, you knew that I would do this because we've already had this. Stop! You want to call him the wall? That's fine. That you that no stop right there. Don't the say wall, it again, the wall, brow. because it's awful. Just call him <laughs> the
1: wall if you want. It sounds awful. <laughs> no. I'm putting my foot down. Okay. No. Okay. But anyway, we can say that Evan DeBrower was fantastic again. And for anybody who doubted uh, the fact that ASU would not have great goaltending, shame on you because I told you guys all the summer that Greg Powers would find goaltending one place or another. And uh, he has. He's got more coming down the pike. We'll talk about that later. But Evan was very solid both games. He always seems to make some big saves early, which gets him into the game and kind of turns the tide for the offense and gives him a chance to get rolling. So exciting to have that. The other thing I want to talk about is the play of Brinson Paschner. I quoted uh, this out uh, sometime during the Saturday night game that he took that game over, right? I mean, he was playing his last home game and uh, scores the hat trick the play that he made to score the hat-trick, an end-to-end rush, I also tweeted out how many seawolves does it take to stop Brinson Paschnick, and apparently not five, because he he went through five of them. There was only one guy left that could have stopped him, and it wasn't the goaltender because he went by him too. But one um, outstanding weekend, and especially Saturday night for Brinson Paschnick.
2: Well, I'm watching that play, and – I'm saying to myself, they do know they're allowed to try and stop him, right? Because it looked like they were standing still and were just like, "Here, we're not, we're not interested. You just keep going." It's like it's like he had an easy pass. You don't have to stop to pay a toll. But uh, I was like, "Wow!" And then he got three goals basically from the same spot. Uh, yes. The break, you know, the 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 final one. The rush was a little bit deeper towards the net. But those first two goals were basically from the exact same spot. And it do- didn't look like anybody wanted to uh, to, to, to bother to, to try and stop it. Because, I mean, if he gets that spot and he gets that wide open, that's, that's good night nurse because he's been putting him in from that spot most of the season. He's got 10 goals, and I would venture to say that seven of those 10 goals are from that spot right there where he scored those first
1: two on Saturday night. Absolutely. And, and like I said, he had a, uh, a fantastic weekend. He did it in front of family and friends. There was a stack load of people from Bonneville, Alberta, that made the trip down to watch Brinson. Uh, it's been really fun to watch because that whole community has jumped behind him in the uh, nominations for uh, the Hobie Baker Award. And for them to come down and then for him to put on that kind of a show in front of them. Uh, if you haven't been to the website yet or been on any of our social media pages uh, do so get there at Facebook at least and see a picture that uh, our great photographer, Zach Bondrant took of Brinston with his three pucks. His dad gathered those pucks up during the, <laughs> during the course of the game and had them all waiting for the very end. And man, what a proud moment. So happy for that family. It's a great family. I said it last week. I don't think in the desert Southwest, we could have asked for two better kids to come in and kickstart a program or build a program other than Steen and Brinson. So congratulations to both of them and all the seniors. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I got to, uh, you know, one of the
2: things about doing this podcast and and, and working for this website is uh, getting to meet some of the people. And, you know, it was just happenstance that last year in in Allentown, uh, before the game against Quinnipiac, I got to spend some time um, with – Brinson and Steen's parents uh really really nice people um uh, still mad at him for him and my buddy Brad kicking our butts in
1: cornhole but you know hey what are you gonna do <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> absolutely well before we get before we get to Greg Cameron when he jumps on with us uh the other thing is is the, the seniors right and one of the seniors that we didn't talk about because he Left with an injury last year, had back surgery as uh, Riley Simpson. I had the opportunity to visit with him today as part of the five-minute Powers play. Coach Powers was in a meeting. Um, I said, hockey must be getting big time in the desert southwest because coaches always got to go to meetings somewhere. And that usually means your program's turning or there's something going on. So first of all, congratulations to Coach for that. But um, it was really fun to visit with Riley because he's had a transition and he's done it almost seamlessly. Uh, he did tell me he's going to be taking grad classes next year, so he'll be back on the bench again next year with Coach and those guys. So that's excellent. But, again, get to our YouTube page or get to uh, icetimehockeysw.com and uh, and catch up with that because that's a really neat story in itself. But congratulations to all the seniors. Uh, you know, Max Project came in, and as I said, Max was wondering if he really fit as a senior, and I said, I told him straight up front. I said, Max, you want a tournament for these guys in China? You fit right in with these guys. Whether you're here four years or one years, this is your last year, right? So, uh, and, congratulations and, and,
2: all of them. And I'm sure it was really hard for the, for the coach to not start Max uh, on Saturday night. Uh, it's great to uh show respect for the seniors and it's great to honor them in your program but if you don't play to win and evan has been on such a good role that you couldn't take him out of the game you you just had to play uh evan in those two games uh had saturday night's game been a little bit more of a friday night like blowout you might have seen max in the third period But, uh, you know, the the blowout of that game got to be that way a little bit later in the game. uh, You know, there was some penalty killing that had to be done with a lot of four on four. And, you know, it really wasn't until uh, Brinson put in that third goal that you really felt that the game was over.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When he scored that goal, matter of fact, I said that they were in a... uh... It, the game was still in flux at that point. And that one was really the backbreaker. He, he got down there and sealed the deal, got things wrapped up. So, you know, kudos to everybody for the, for the job that they've done. The guys over at Oceanside Ice Arena, they've done a fantastic job all season long and and done just a, you know, bang up job with what they have to work with. Yep. So um, we're, we're very happy with that. We'll be happy also when we get the new building, which at uh, some point in time is going to be coming down the pike. So, We'll look forward to that. Um, in the meantime, it's on to Wisconsin. As we wait for uh, for Greg in just a few minutes here, we'll give him a chance to get ready and get set up. But um, traveling to Wisconsin, and we'll wrap up with this, so I don't want to get into it too deeply. But one of the things that I noticed, Paul, was last year the team went to play a Big Ten school in Minnesota. And me being a Minnesota native, I said, I don't think I've ever seen a Minnesota team not only want to win, but want to win so badly to beat their opponent, right? They wanted to show everybody that, um, that they were uh, superior to Arizona State or hockey in the desert southwest, right? So, yeah, okay. So hey. you know, when, they, when they go to Wisconsin right now, uh, I think what we're going to see is a team that wants to prove to Wisconsin that, hey, you're not going to oust us. We're going to oust you this time. Every player that I've spoken to to a man has said the same thing. they said, you know what? We want to win this game, both these games, because we don't want to leave anything to chance. Fair enough?
2: Well, that's definitely the way you have to play it. And, uh, you know, we'll get into a little bit of the breakdown of Wisconsin after we talk to Greg. Uh, but that's what you have to do. Uh, we've talked about it all year long about, what this year's team will learn from last year's team. Obviously, it's not the exact same team, but there are enough players uh, from last year's team, enough leaders on this team from last year's team that uh, you find yourselves, ironically enough, in almost the exact same situation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, well, the difference is this year that uh, you obviously have a healthy Johnny Walker which you didn't have last year at Minnesota. Um, they are missing, or at least until we hear otherwise, Demetrius koeman uh, which is a factor. But last year when they went, the line with Johnny Walker was basically their one scoring line. And they've got two scoring lines this year as opposed to just what they had last year. Uh, they're a bit deeper on defense. So uh, the scenario is... Almost identical. Uh, we're gonna have to wait and see how the results turn out. Uh, I know the computers and all this other stuff say that ASU is a virtual lock. Um, you want to make sure you're a lock. Don't get swept. I, I think a tie. I think a tie would be enough right. out of the two games. But win one for sure, and you're and and I'm. There's just almost no way for
1: them not to be in. All right, let's take one quick break. We'll jump right back in. I see uh, Greg Cameron from College Hockey News is with us, so we'll be back in one minute with Greg Cameron. Oh,
0: Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress, that combination of brisket Hot legs, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las
3: Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a free game feast, head to Jesse
0: Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes.
1: All right. We're- uh, Greg Cameron, are you there with us? I am. Do you have me? What's hey, up, Greg? Live. We have you live. It's uh, Greg Cameron from College Hockey News <laughs> with Scott and Paul, a College Hockey Southwest Weekly. First of all, welcome in. Second of all, have you unthawed from uh, Colorado Springs?
3: I have. Voice is a little raspy. I uh, <clears throat> I go to uh, get sick out there, but you know it happens when you leave for the colder weather. Um, surprised my plane got off the ground this morning with all the snow <laughs> in the air, but uh,
1: it is what it is, and I'm
3: and I'm back in the in the in the lovely desert.
1: Well, it's, cl- it's uh, great to have you back because. Uh, we got a lot of hockey to talk about. You saw some outdoor hockey with Colorado College and uh, Air Force. We'll get into that in just a minute. But today we had a chance to uh, to see picture day before the start of practice today, Greg. So the guys are taking a picture. I can only believe that that's for a potential NCAA uh, program. Am I am I got a balance on that one?
3: As it relates to Arizona team, State? Yeah, team picture for Arizona State. Team picture. Uh, I mean, you know,
1: would they be gotta doing take that just in case they year? need it? Got
3: to take one of those every year, right? <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: sure. Uh, nice sidestep. It. Nice sidestep. I was trying to lead you into saying, yeah, absolutely, they're going to the NCAA tournament. <laughs> don't let
2: don't don't let them fool you like that, Greg. Don't don't uh, <laughs> don't 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 let them hook you in there. So give us uh, I, the birds. I will say on that front, uh, as you guys were discussing,
3: as you got in. Uh, can't really can't leave Madison with two losses like uh, like you guys were talking about uh, as they head up to Wisconsin next weekend. Um, <clears throat> I mean, at this point, we can say they're a lock. Uh, math has worked out in other teams' favor or uh, not in other teams' favor in recent years. Take example Minnesota to lose a couple of years ago, but uh, you, you know it's it's uh, it's it's to the point again where we were after American International last year it's it's, uh, it's pretty much uh, it's pretty much going to be
2: a done deal as long as they don't embarrass themselves up in Madison. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy Greg. It's it's almost like a carbon copy for those of you old enough to remember carbon paper, uh, <laughs> a carbon copy of the scenario from last year. They went into those last two games in Minnesota uh pretty close to a lock. Uh they they got swept but managed to get in anyway. Uh, you don't want to take that chance, you go up to Wisconsin and, and at least get a tie in one of the two games, and that should be enough to push you over the top, but better to win one than, than not.
3: Right, and if memory serves, last year after that sweep at Minnesota, they fell a couple of places when all was said and done uh, after conference tournaments. It was a lot less of a drop than maybe someone uh, that's not as up on the math or the pairwise expected. I'm not saying I'm an expert on the math. Certainly not, but, uh, (laughs) no, I I don't know if anybody is. Uh, yeah, just my editor. Uh, (laughs) and that's about it. And, uh, I think, uh, I think it's going to be the same this year. It's not going to be, uh, there's not going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, waiting and seeing. It'll be, it'll be a couple spots if anything happens this year And, and the teams, we'll get into the teams around them as we have, uh, over the last week or so, but it's it's looking like uh, it's looking like these this pack of teams around them, these bubble teams, uh, is a very interesting bunch going forward. Yeah, You've got four teams tied for the for the 15th spot in the pairwise right now, and it's, it's pretty crazy.
1: <laughs> Greg, a couple of yeah. things that, that I noticed on uh, when I look at the pairwise and the rankings is I don't know if even two more wins and some help is going to get this team and i'm talking about arizona state from where they are right now at number 11 any higher than maybe nine because i just look at the teams ahead of my go like how are you going to jump that many teams with just uh two games left no matter what you do and number two is i don't know how many teams can catch them um barring a, a major non-chalk in the uh conference tournaments your thoughts on that
3: I agree with you on your first point. Uh, like I like I believe we talked about uh, at Oceanside over the weekend. One of the things that's going to need to happen if they do want to get up to that two seed band of the five through eight spots is mass chaos in the hockey East playoffs. That means Boston College loses <laughs> early. That means UMass loses early. Northeastern is is gonna is gonna be crawling to the finish here with all the injuries they've had uh, with all the games they've played, they're kind of Jekyll and Hyde. Of, although they're coming off a great week with the Beanpot win and, and some big wins uh, against Hockey East opponents, but they would also kind of need to fade out too. And they won the Hockey East tournament uh, last year, so uh, they're defending that ground too. It's uh, it's going to be close. Uh, all really, all three of those teams, uh, never mind two of them, uh, would need to would probably need to take considerable steps back in their conference tournaments. Uh, as it relates to your second point, the teams below them, that one kind of is a, is a mixed bag, too. I, I, I don't see a lot of the teams below them, maybe besides uh, Western Michigan, uh, UMass Lowell, being able to being able to jump them in the pairwise right now. I think all those teams are going to be uh, contenders in their conference tournaments, you know, Bemidji State, Ohio State, uh, Maine, Minnesota. Everyone's watching out for Minnesota right now. But I, I, I still don't see any of them. Winning their conference tournaments, uh, and I don't, I don't see any of them taking the, uh, taking the jump into the top ten of the pairwise.
2: Well, you look at the, you look at the numbers, and uh, I am far from an expert uh, on the pairwise. I'm a little better at it this year than I was last year, but uh, that pack of teams between eight and or even nine at Northeastern and thirteen. They are so razor-thin together. Uh, maybe you want to cut it off at 12 for State, but they are so razor-thin together that one game, I mean, I'm, unless I'm wrong, and I could be, uh, those teams might not drop out of past the cut line, but they could still jumble up and down. For sure. And
3: I think uh, one of the tournaments you're going to have to watch for that is the Big Ten tournaments. We'll have Penn State, Ohio State is – Two of the top seeded, uh, two of the top ranked teams in that tournament—not necessarily maybe in the uh, conference seedings, but in the pairwise—and they uh, they might have to play some really tough teams down the stretch. I mentioned Minnesota; they're on a bit of a tear right now. Michigan also on a tear, knocking on the door somehow or other. Uh, this Seems to be one of the one of the biggest surprises, and uh, it, it would be foolish to rule out Notre Dame right now. Notre Dame—they've no, been struggling down the stretch, but. Uh, they've done it year after year. They've proven it. Jeff Jackson is one of the better coaches in the in the country, and and he, I'm sure he's got, I'm sure he's got something planned in the event that uh, their backs are against the wall there. Huh.
2: Honestly, Greg,
3: if any team won that league tournament, would it shock you? I don't think so. No, I don't <laughs> think so. Other than Wisconsin, obviously. Yeah, other than Wisconsin. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty wide open. That Michigan State. Uh, could ride John Littman all the way there. Uh, if, if Minnesota and Michigan don't, don't stop scoring, you know, it's that's bad news for the rest of them. Penn State, uh, they've been mixing up their lines a lot, trying to get the right looks, and it looks like they're finally getting to that point now.
2: Uh, it's, it's flip a flip a six-sided coin, if you will. Yeah, I mean, uh, in, in, in any individual game with the talent they have – Wisconsin can be a threat in any individual game. It's just you know you, if you take it talking two out of three, they don't play enough defense.
3: I would say that that's true, and I would also say that, uh, that's something that Arizona State's going to need to watch out for is oh, yeah. the uh, the uh, <clears throat> excuse me the uh, offensive thing? production of Wisconsin. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be one of the more explosive teams that face. Uh, uh honestly, probably since uh, Harvard back in December when right. we got to watch that Harvard team without their best player. And yeah. now that these Wisconsin kids are, you know, potentially going to be closing out there uh, the rest of their – the rest of the season's looking to sign contracts, you never know what's going to happen there. I think uh, I think it's going to be a, be a challenge for Arizona
2: State defense. They won't have to worry about scoring, but you've got to score more than them. Hey, would well, a couple of 5-4 or 6-5 games shock you at all this weekend? Not me. It
1: wouldn't. Sign me up for
2: those, though. Sign me up. I like those. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you led me right into the next question I was going to throw at you. It was the uh, the Sun Devils themselves ha- have been on a pretty good roll. Before you jumped down with us, I mentioned to Paul that if I would have said 12-2 and two since the start of the new year, um, everybody would have signed up for that one right now. So the team has been playing really well. But two people that really caught my eye this weekend, and I think you're going to agree with me on this, is Evan DeBrower again, I thought was outstanding. Everybody said, what are we going to do for a goaltender at ASU this year? And Greg Power said, I've got it. And he did. And secondly was the play of Brinson Paschnik. I mean, have you ever watched a game, Greg, that they, uh, a college hockey player has completely willed his team to win like Brinson did on Saturday night?
3: Uh, I don't, I, I don't think I have. I can't remember one other than you know some of the older times we watched the Johnny Boudreau BC BC games. Uh, it, it was pretty remarkable. He was still shooting, uh, for a fourth goal after he got the hat trick. <laughs> <That's- laughs> the, the, the trigger figure was happy, and uh, <laughs> you know it, it was a great ending for him with his uh, home career, going out at Oceanside with a hat trick, four point night. Uh, he's really been uh, one of the better uh, leaders of the Arizona State program in these last five years. Never mind players, uh, and that's that's evident every time we get to talk to him. And uh, it's something that something that we're gonna remember, something he's gonna remember. And uh, yeah, I uh, I'll, I'll lead into, into Brower a little bit here, as I always do, saying I was the uh, probably the big skeptic of him going going into the year. I thought it was Max Project's job. And uh, I, I am uh, I, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty wrong on that one. I've been I've been wrong on a couple of things this year, but that one that one was up there. He's been really solid. Uh, he's uh, probably a guy that can win them a tournament game, which is you know the next thing they need. The goal against Joey DeCord last year against Quinnipiac, the uh, the first goal that was a fluke goal. I think that's that's one that Joey wants back, but I also think that that's one that Evan DeBrower would not. Give up right now the way he's playing. Uh, he's really dialed in. Nothing, nothing easy gets past him. Uh, he's getting good defense in front of him, blocking a lot of shots. Vincent Patrick, by the way, probably uh, up there in terms of national shot blocking leaders. I don't have that in front of me right now, but he doesn't just do it offensively too. Uh, just to uh, throw him a bone there, and it's it's been a nice streak for DeBrower. He's won what is it now eight of his last nine, and uh, it's 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 looking like he's going to be a Going to be a hard, hard goaltender to beat if someone ends up drawing him in the tournament.
1: Yeah, I totally agree on that, uh, on that front. You know, it was kind of funny today because, you know, Eddie Lack is, uh, is wandering around the program and he had a couple of comments earlier about how could you, uh, in the pairwise anyway, how could you lose a spot when you, when you swept the team? But he was <laughs> learning from Coach Powers, he said. And then today there was kind of a funny exchange outside the, uh, the ice surface when uh, some of the guys that you know were were interviewing uh, Evan DeBrower and and uh, Eddie came by and said, "Hey, don't forget to mention your goaltending coach." So, was great to have Eddie around. He's always a, always a smiling face, and I was, uh, I think, a guy that breaks the ice for those guys. Your thoughts on Eddie Lack? He's
3: been, uh, he's been a, he's been a big help to them. I wouldn't say any more so than their previous goaltending. Coaches, but he's he's a guy that you can bounce things off of, and he has a perspective of doing that professionally and, and succeeding in that area too. Uh, it was uh, Max Project that uh, called the, uh, him. He has a book. Eddie Lack has a book that he carries out uh, onto the bench for every practice that he attends, and he calls it the. Uh, it was something like the the magic book of spells uh, that Eddie Lack has, uh, and he teaches <laughs> the goaltenders, and. I thought that was funny. Uh he's he's definitely a character, uh and he definitely fits in really well with with uh Arizona State's team from everything we've seen. And it's funny too, uh some of the comments he has regarding the pairwise. It's it's uh it's a nice little uh look into what he thinks college hockey's like. He doesn't have this experience. <laughs> he didn't play college hockey. Uh he gets to he gets to have these uh little jabs sometimes, figure out figuring out the lay of the land and uh it's, uh, it's certainly been one of the more interesting storylines, uh, one of the more uh, one of the more one of the bigger storylines of the season, and uh, it's it's been funny to watch him, and it's uh, been good to watch De- Evan DeBroward grow under his under his tutelage, I, which I definitely think he has taken a big step uh,
1: under Eddie Lack. Well, you led me into one more thing here. I know Paul's itching to get a question in here, but I got to throw I, two two items out there. Number one, when I talked with Max Prodzek a couple of weeks ago, he he said he was shocked at the fact that, that Evan Debrower didn't have a goaltending coach until he got to juniors, which I thought was phenomenal because uh, Evan was telling me about our, uh, Max was telling me about how he worked with Joey Decord and Joey's dad um, in, in their program and, how they had coaches and done all these different things. And he said to know that Evan had not had a goaltending coach till he was in juniors was phenomenal, which tells you just how talented the kid is. And then secondly is, we haven't mentioned it yet uh, on the show, but Vincent Paschnick was the uh, number two star in NCAA hockey this week.
3: He was, yeah, that was well-deserved. Uh, and uh, definitely, definitely uh, uh, a good way to cap off the weekend for him. He now, I believe, he is second in points for defensemen nationally, behind only David Farnes B- at the FBU, who's a national draft pick. Uh, teams are going to be lining up as we as we uh, go down the go down the final stretch here to to talk to Brinson Pashnick, and he'll have no
2: shortage of interest. Yeah, you can never have enough defensemen that can 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 skate with the puck. Um, so they're def- you know they're <clears throat> He, he probably could have signed uh, after last season, but he wanted to come back and take one more shot at a national championship. Uh, so uh, now uh, he's going to, obviously, he's going to sign somewhere. It'll just be interesting to see. You would think San Jose, based on the fact that he's been to their development camp a few times, might have the edge. But, you you know, you never know who could come in and take over uh, uh and get his name on a contract, so for sure. All right. well, the
3: other before big we, news. Uh,
1: the other big Before news we today. stop on,
3: before we oh, okay. stop on Brinson, real quick. Yeah, uh, with San Jose, uh, as as a lot of us have seen around the team uh, on weekends during practices, they have been following him this year. Uh, again, they're keeping in touch with him, doing their due diligence there. Brinson's the kind of kid that, if I'm being honest with you, I think he's going to remember. Uh, that San Jose invited him and his brother to camp, and I think he's going to uh, consider that a little bit heavier than maybe some of the other teams, just uh, just the way he's wired. And, uh and, yep. You know, in the end, it, it might end I would up agree with, with that. To San Jose too.
1: I would agree no. with that. I know Paul's been asking this, but I'm going to sneak it in there because uh, we talked about it today. There's a new league forming, a new conference <laughs> forming in NCAA hockey today. I'm sure uh, you're all over that one.
3: The new boss, same as the old boss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Throwback we Tuesday. A, we, we had heard some. We had heard some rumors about that last week, actually, over at CHN, and uh, we we figured so. Uh, we figured we'd look into it and see what, it, see what happened. Happened this week. Uh, obviously, happened today. Officially, uh, the way that works. Uh, Bowling Green is the school that owns the. Uh, rights to the name CCHA and all the uh, trophies and records, et cetera, are housed at at BGSU. And obviously a decision was made there to uh, revive that name. Dr. Morris Kurtz, the guy who's leading the uh, sort of – it's
2: a harsh word, but
3: desertion of the WCHA.
2: No, Uh, Greg, uh, I I I disagree. I don't care that it's a harsh word. That's what they did. They threw the Alaska schools in Huntsville under the bus there's no question about it they, they I understand it's a business but if you want if you want to couch it that's cool I don't have to uh, they don't know uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say it I've said it before they threw those schools under the bus and that's the way I feel it is and we'll see how that shapes out for those three
3: schools in particular going forward but uh, Kurtz is a guy who's had a lot of administrative experience he was the ad at st cloud state for uh almost 30 years 25 30 years memory serves and uh he's been advising uh nhl clubs uh he's been advising with college hockey inc one of the leading uh uh organizations for right the uh advocacy and uh expansion and all that stuff about college hockey uh and i i think when it Came down to it as a simple choice. Uh, it's certainly one that's going to ruffle the feathers of the old-timers and all that. But, you know, I, I, I don't really see it as a need to reinvent uh, yourself that much if there's already a great name there and uh, a nice classic name that uh, already has a brand identity, one that you won't need right. to reshape too much.
1: Well, here's the $100 well, million dollar question as, as it applies to Arizona State. Does Arizona State become the number eight team in the CCHA? Do they uh, form a new conference alignment with uh, the two Alaskas, Huntsville and somebody else? Or do they go to that other popular place that we've been talking about for about two and a half years now, which is Hockey East? What's your opinion as we sit right now here in February, Greg?
3: It's somewhat – I don't know which door I would choose – uh, if I were ASU, it, I think it's like door two and a half. If I'm being honest, with you. <laughs> not quite, not quite door number two, where they're where they're making their own thing. I think uh, in terms of immediate impacts for the program, it would be foolish to kind of just you know bide your time and see uh, if any, if any of these other Pac-12 programs, if the Alaska schools, if any of the Western schools, maybe. Excuse me. Maybe Air Force once wanted to join in on them. Maybe Minnesota State, even though they look uh, they look pretty happy in the newly right, uh, the newly formed league as it is right now. Uh, but it's also not door number three. I don't think uh, I don't think Hockey East is the only conference they have on their radar. Uh, numbers wise, it fits better there. They'd be the twelfth team in Hockey East as opposed to say the ninth team in the NCHC or uh, whatever's left of uh, WCHA. Uh, Big Ten rumors stopped a long time ago, but I don't think that's a fit there either. So we'll see. As far as I'm aware, last year they didn't have a lot of serious discussions over the summer concerning conference play. They wanted to focus on the uh, program, building the arena, getting all that off the ground first, which seems to be what uh, opposing ADs and conference administrators want from them. Uh, the, sooner we, the sooner we get to the end of the season, the more we'll know about the new arena. Uh, and until that time, we probably won't hear anything about uh, conference discussions until then. But if I was a betting man, it's uh, it's Hockey East, it's NCHC, probably the two conferences you might look at first. If that's the route you want to go, I think that should be the route that they go, as opposed to waiting who knows how many years, five, maybe ten, uh, to start a new conference of their own for the West Coast.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that. I know there's been a lot of talk of, uh, you know, possibility of NCAA hockey at UNLV. I know even Grand Canyon's kicking the can around about it. Um, I don't know who's close, though, because it's either, you know, it's either a building, it's administration, or it's finances. So, uh, Well, here, this is, this is my take on it, Scott, and we've said this
2: before. Here are the schools that could go tomorrow if they really, really wanted to. SC has the money, Stanford has the money, and if Oregon really wanted to, I'm sure that Nike would write them a big fat check and say, hey, let's go. Uh, Those, to me, are the schools that could do it tomorrow if they really, really wanted to. Um, But I'm sure that, and I think Greg would agree with me on this, they're waiting to see what happens in Tempe. The only thing I know
3: uh, about any prospective Pac-12 schools, uh, that, that is information that I or someone close to the conference hasn't made public yet would be uh, in terms of Oregon. Uh, I heard a rumor about Phil Knight's appetite for hockey, and that it is virtually non-existent. Uh, it, oh, then it's not going it to happen. Kinda it kind of surprised. I wouldn't say it's not going to happen yet. Uh, I would say it's very much off the radar, uh, given the given the success of all their other programs, uh, given how. Uh, the club team at Oregon, I think, plays uh, at the one community rink in Eugene, if that's correct, and uh, that would also serve as uh, Oregon State's club team's closest rink. It's uh, pretty sparse out there in the, in the uh, Pacific Northwest still, uh, other than in areas like uh, Seattle uh, or Portland, really, where you have uh, OHL territory, so... Right. Uh, or sorry, W W H L territory. But yeah. other than that, uh, I w- I've got no reason to believe right now that Oregon would be one of the teams to elevate. I think the teams we're looking at first would be Washington and Colorado. Obviously, uh, UNLV, as Scott mentioned, probably even next on the lists uh, for any of the schools get added. Maybe even before Illinois gets added. At this point, we've been talking about Illinois for years. Oh, and we years. Know what's happening there. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, we could hash this over for uh, three more podcasts, but um, as we kind of wind, yeah, save th- it for the summer. <laughs> yeah, as we wind things down tonight, Greg, and let you go and get your voice back, good and good and healthy. Uh, the the trip to Wisconsin, as I mentioned earlier, is it's a huge trip. I don't think people really understand how big this trip is because it's a prove it trip. It's also a trip where you go up there and you show. Um, the rest of the NCAA that you've got twenty four wins, and you're not going to be ignored if you will uh, in getting into this tournament. So when I say it's a must win weekend, you've already said it's at least a one win weekend. But how important and how impressive would a sweep at Wisconsin look on the resume? It
3: would look impressive, no doubt. Uh, we we know we've discussed the the, the deficiencies in the Wisconsin defense, uh, but. I mean, how can you how can you ignore closing out the season with uh, what would it be nine straight wins if they were to get the sweep? You know, uh, yeah, and
1: four, fourteen or out of,
3: 16 <laughs> of the of the January February slates. So it, either way, it's it's uh, it would be it would be pretty impressive nationally. Wisconsin uh, among all the teams that they've that they've played and they've beaten in the second half of the season here, Wisconsin is one of the better ones in terms of. Uh, Strength of schedule and pairwise and all that. Uh, not to slight the uh, sweeps that they have recorded, but it's you know it's no it, it's exactly why uh, Eddie Lack might be a little bit frustrated that sweeping <laughs> Alaska Anchors doesn't do it for them. You know, if you sweep Wisconsin, you know it might have a, a bigger snowball effect there. Uh, and that's probably what they're gonna what they're gonna try to do. Uh, I don't think it will be nearly as uh, fiery uh, as the Alaska Anchorage finale was. Uh, I think it'll just be a, a showcase of a lot of skill. And uh, yeah, like we said, seven six six five. You know, let's play until the goal ice break.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. Oh. We do <laughs> not have any video reviews of goals in this one. Can we just have clean goals and just go on with it? Now, we don't That'd need be to watch video any longer, but one final thing: When in
3: doubt, count it? Because it's probably coming <laughs> off the stick of a Cole Caldwell or Johnny Walker. <laughs> good Sending point. Send that message to the refs right now.
1: A good Boy, point. Yeah. I got to throw one more thing out. Yeah, you. you know me by now. I always got to add one more thing. But big news today, a little bit as far as former Arizona State players and uh, Logan Genuine officially entering the uh, the roster at Lake Superior State. Just your thoughts on that.
3: I think that's a good spot for him. We saw uh, guys that fit his mold succeed there, most notably last year. Diego Kudli uh, had, a, good had, a, had a, played a big role in scoring for them. Kind of the same uh, build, stature, skill set as Genuine is. And uh, even though he might not play until the second half next year, depending on when his eligibility gets sorted out, uh, Lake State could use a guy like him. Uh, there, they, uh, they are not doing too well after their... Uh, near miss of the tournament last year, and uh I think that was in large part due to the senior class they turned over, which included coglietta over there but uh he's a good he's a good piece to add for them. He was just kind of started to get it turned on as uh November came mm-hmm. this season and uh you know whatever happened with him, we still aren't exactly sure but as long as the uh excuse me the off ice uh clears itself uh, I think it's a good fit. Michigan boy going back to a Michigan school.
1: Okay. Well, nobody uh, nobody better at getting into the inside stuff of college hockey, especially college hockey in the West than Greg Cameron. So, Greg, thanks for jumping in. I know you're uh, probably working on uh, a little sleep and uh, a lot less voice, but thanks for jumping in with us. Thanks,
3: thanks for Greg. having me, guys. Uh, do me a favor. If we're ever on a flight together, don't bring a crying baby. Okay? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no 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 those days well you got to talk to scott because those days for me are done uh, it'll be a while my, before i have to worry about that grandpa and,
1: and my grandson <laughs> does not cry on airplanes so we're all good on oh, that. i love it good <laughs> okay <for him. laughs> thanks craig have a good evening thanks Craig. take
2: care guys all right well, a lot of good stuff there <laughs>
1: Yeah, let's uh, take a quick break here and uh, we'll be right back. Cocktail is the quality of the
0: spirit used. If you want to make the best margaritas
1: or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make
2: perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the
0: U.S. Visit us at mexicanmoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Canción Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011.
1: All right, we're back. Our, uh, our two new sponsors, Jesse Ray's Barbecue up in uh, Las Vegas and Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine uh, Tequila with a new name. I'm not even going to go with a new name. Canción Anción tequila. Anción tequila. Oh, that's tequila. why you got to write it down, dude. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Anción I tequila. <laughs> But anyway, thanks to those guys for jumping on board with us. We still have a great tournament time offer going on right now where you can actually join us for half off our normal corporate partnership. Just email me at ithswsales at gmail.com. Uh, give me a phone call 480-204-7612. Text me. Do whatever you need to do to get a hold of us because it's tournament time. We've got NHL, AHL, NCAA, A-C-H-A. We've got you all covered all the way to the very end. And, of course, College Hockey Southwest Weekly is now just uh, one of three weekly podcasts here at the sw.com Tomorrow night will be the debut of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly with myself and uh, Stephen Marsh up in Las Vegas, Nevada, So tune into that as well Paul and I got a few more minutes to talk so Paul your thoughts on on Greg and his input well
2: first of all we need the sponsors so we can clone you and get you all over the place so uh, (laughs) help us do that Uh, as far as Greg is concerned uh, he gives you good stuff it's uh, you know obviously uh, uh, I, I hope I didn't come on a little too strong with him there uh, I probably should have held back a little bit.
1: Oh, you uh, always come on strong. Everybody knows that would, now.
2: That would not be my style. <laughs> um, and be, and it's ironic because he sat there and, and said, "The guy who's in the in charge of this transition, the guy from Bowling Green, Dr. Kurtz, is part of College Hockey Inc., which is trying to grow the game of college hockey, and this move." might be great for Bowling Green. And I understand that. This is not – I'm not saying this blindly because I have any sort of uh, uh, personal stake in this. But if you're trying to grow the, grow the game, uh, you now have three teams that are in the wilderness. And someone could say, well, ASU is also an independent. But those three schools are not ASU. No. They're just not.
1: They're, they're not
2: in any way, shape, or form uh, ASU in terms of the scope of the school, the size of the school, uh, the access or potential access to resources. Uh, Huntsville almost folded. The Alaska schools, uh, you know, are on a couple of year reprieve. So I kind of under, I understand the business aspect of it too, but uh, I, I will say this. Uh, you know and, I, and and I was I just did I, I just don't I just don't think that the putting those three teams on the plank like that uh, is helpful for the game and you know if you can show me otherwise, okay, uh, I just don't agree with it.
1: okay. I, well, I agree with you. Uh, I think in the short term, because this is still another season away before this takes hold at the CCHA, the, the revisited, rebuilt, renewed, however you want to call it. So I think the best thing that could happen uh, in college hockey, especially in the West, would be uh, a deep tournament run for the Arizona State Sun Devils. I think we're all cheering for that. Um, we we want to see that for the good of hockey and for the good of college hockey, but. Um, would there be anything? The good better? of us. Yeah, good yeah, us. The good of us. <laughs> <The> good <laughs> of us. Let's, there, let's, let's there, be real. Would there be anything better than seeing the Arizona State Sun Devils in the Frozen Four? As far as programs that you like, you said that might be on the fence. That are going like, what's going to happen in Tempe? Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen in Tempe. They're in their fourth full year of NCAA hockey, and they're on the verge of going to their second straight NCAA tournament as an independent. How much more proof do you need? But maybe that trip to the uh, Frozen Four is what moves some people from on the fence to one side maybe, of the fence or the other.
2: Maybe. Um, you know, Greg can't hurt. has more insight. <laughs> Can it? Uh, has more insight. <laughs> no, it can't hurt. That's for darn sure. Um, <laughs> you know, it certainly would get people's attention. Uh, and you know, like Greg said, uh, you know, I, he has more information about Oregon than I do. Uh, my, my statement about those three schools is they have access to the money uh, that maybe some of the other schools don't. Uh, yes, Washington has, has resources, uh, but Stanford and USC are private institutions uh, and uh, operate a little bit differently than the other schools that are public institutions. So...
1: Um, Well, I I agree with you totally. And you and I have had this discussion a million times. So let's have it a million and one in the last few minutes here. What I've been told, and and Greg Powers has told me this to my face several times, is that it's a three winged animal, if you will. You got to have the resources, you got to have the facilities, and you got to have a competitive team. And that's one thing that Greg did. He won the ACHA National Championship. He parlayed that along with the finances and the backing of the University uh, of, you know, administration to jump into the NCAA tournament. And I was just mentioning that to to Riley Simpson today. I said, you know, when I sat down with Coach Powers four and a half years ago and I said, hey, you're going to NCAA, how are you going to do this? And he said, we're going to be old, big, and strong. And that's what we have to do the first couple of years. Well, just look back at it on this short, history of the program. They they jumped into it, and they, they got whooped, and they, then they got not quite as whooped, and then they made the national tournament, and now they're on the verge of making another national tournament. 21 wins last year, 22 already this year with two games to go. That rise has been exactly how Coach Powers built it. He told me last year that he thought they were a year ahead of schedule, and maybe they were, but the fact of the matter is he's transitioned – from a powerful ACHA program to a very good and soon-to-be-powerful NCAA program. And he did it in steps, and he did it quickly. That's what I worry about with other teams that want to jump into this mess, is that if you can't compete at the ACHA D1 level, I don't care how much money they give you or whatever, you've got to have some ability to recruit top players to play NCAA hockey. And I don't think you can just throw the banner up. I don't think you can just say I'm USC and everybody's going to flock to you. I think they want a coach that knows what he's doing. And I I said this this weekend, I'm going to say it again, for my money, this year's national coach of the year, no matter what happens the rest of the season should go to head coach Greg Powers. He's earned it. He's deserved it. He's got the respect across the board. He's adapted. He's done so many positive things that if you can find me one better coach in NCAA hockey right now, right here, bring him to me.
2: Well, I, I'm not going to get into that argument. I love the coach. I, I think he does a very, very good job. Um, he has built this program very, very quickly. Um, he's shown that it can be done this way, uh, just as Penn State has shown uh, it can be done. Uh, the more, the less likely way with getting one guy to donate a hundred million. Uh, so I think they've
1: shown that it can be done both ways.
2: But one and, thing they have
1: in common. Hold on. One thing they have in common. They both won ACHA championships first. Then State first. Then ASU. So if you yeah. can't compete at that level, how are you going to make that transition? And and let's yeah. let's be honest here. If you look out in Pac-12 land to the west of us. There is nobody that's even got an ACHA D one team. When we look at ACHA D one, it's Arizona, Arizona West anyway, South, Grand Canyon, and UNLV. (laughs) Well, those are the only four in the West. Yeah. Now you got to go to Colorado and Utah before you start finding anybody else. There's none in the Pacific Northwest. There's none in California, Uh, and and the ACHA schools have said, "Hey, we want more teams so that we can get more of a bus league for us." And they finally got uh, Grand Canyon this year to jump on board. They've been pushing for NAU to jump on board. But I think it's that three-winged animal, if you will, the, the finances, the, the school backing, and the facilities, and more importantly or maybe as important, that competitive level. you got to have that. Otherwise, you're going to fail miserably in your first few years, and that might doom your program.
2: Maybe, but let's uh, get a quick – uh, just to, to, to rail it back in and, and wheel it back in. Uh, ASU has the advantage this weekend at Wisconsin defensively. I know we don't have a lot of time left. Wisconsin right now is in the bottom five in the country yeah. in defense. And um, goaltending.
1: Well, oh, good Lord, their goaltending is not good.
2: Um, Their leading goalie, uh, Daniel Ledbedev, he's got an .894 save percentage. Um, so that's where ASU has to take advantage of Wisconsin this weekend. Um uh, they have to stay out of the box naturally because Wisconsin. For that. Wisconsin has the, they haven't shown it on the ice so far, but the talent is there. All those draft picks, three number one draft picks, uh Andre Miller on defense, Cole Caulfield, and Alex Turcott up front as number one picks. Forget about the other rounds. Uh they have the talent to, to put the puck in the net. Uh, ASU has to keep up the tremendous penalty killing, but if you stay out of the box, you don't have to worry about that. And guys just have to be solid, stay in position, do what they have to do, and don't get involved in any craziness after the whistle. Uh, and 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 let's go get 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 one win out of two this weekend, and pretty much assure yourself a second straight tournament bid
1: couldn't say it any better myself i'm going to throw one more thing in there and it's just don't give up any ridiculous things on your own blue line or transition uh, you gotta stay with your man and you gotta stay with the puck puck control puck control puck control all right let's close things up paul by talking about our sponsors i know you've got a list of them that you can raffle off for me so tell us who's uh, helping us out with our broadcast.
2: Well, I have to have the list because otherwise I have to memorize it and I'm too old for that. (laughs) Uh, we want to thank Sprint, uh, Brighter Future for All, College Bar and Grill at their new location at 740 South Mill, uh, Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Cancion Tequila. Award winning since 2011. Jesse Ray's Barbecue up in Las Vegas. Check them out. Two years running, uh, best of Las Vegas, uh, Behind the Mask, uh, our friends at oxy Pal, oceanside ice arena uh m drive and the ice den scottsdale uh, as well as the ice den in chandler so uh check out the sponsors do what you can uh help them help us
1: and you know keep keep us going here all right as we wrap things up i will remind you that that uh, club Hockey Southwest Weekly airs tomorrow night at 7.30 as well right here on this Podbean Live channel. Uh, you can get in with uh, Steve and Marsh myself and hopefully the UNLV coach, Anthony Vigneri-Green, is going to join us, who just came off a uh, an unbelievable sweep of, of ASU. So they've now, in the second half of the season up at UNLV, they've uh, defeated the number three, the number five, and the number uh, 16 team in, in uh Arizona State, so really good ACHA hockey being played. We'll have it for you tomorrow night at 7.30. And, of course, join Paul and I back uh, next Tuesday as we wrap up the regular season for Arizona State. And hopefully, Paul, we're talking about the prospects of another NCAA tournament, and uh, we'll take it from there. i mean in. All right. Thanks for listening, folks, and see you next week. Welcome to College Hockey Southwest Weekly,
0: brought to you by Sprint, the best phones on the best network, a brighter future for all, College Bar and Grill, check out our new location, 740 South Hill Avenue in Tempe. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning tequila since 2011, Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, voted Best of Las Vegas two years in a row, behind the mask, Serving the Valley Hockey community since 1994. OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products, gets the funk out of your equipment or office. M-Drive, for energy, stamina, recovery. Ice Den Scottsdale, practice home of the Arizona Coyotes, also in Chandler. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the Ice Time hockey SW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott
1: Strandy and Paul Bornstein. College Hockey Southwest Weekly, brought
0: to you by Sprint, the best phones on the best network, a brighter future for all. College Bar & Grill, check out our new location, 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning tequila since 2011. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, voted Best of Las Vegas two years in a row. Behind the Mask. Serving the Valley hockey community since 1994. OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products, gets the funk out of your equipment or office. M-Drive, for energy, stamina, recovery. Ice Den Scottsdale, practice home of the Arizona Coyotes, also in Chandler. College
1: Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com.